What's up, guys? Welcome to the AMX Superstores Pro MX Review Show. This is the review show for round three with Donga. Boy, do we got some things to talk about with the mud and the drama that went on at Wodonga. But before we get to that, you guys have listened to this show long enough to already know what I'm going to say about AMX Superstores. They are the nation's leading motorcycle retailer with over 26. I got corrected on the weekend. We did the Primex radio show. There's now 26 stores across the East Coast, down into South Australia. Pretty much any region, any area they have you covered. Drop in, see the team, see the local team, get to know your crew, maybe visit the local Primex round, you'll meet them there. And they have the biggest range of apparel, consumables, parts, whether it's road, off-road, adventure, motocross, supercross. I know a lot of the privateers that race Primex, well, they're probably going to be spending a lot of money after the amount of bikes and gear that they went through on the weekend at Wodonga at their local AMX superstores. And um, their team will get you covered with whatever you need. And if you cannot, for whatever reason, get to a local AMX superstores, then make sure you jump on amxsuperstores.com.au. That comprehensive website has everything you need to keep your bike and body on the track, and they will have pretty much anything you need to you within the same week, sometimes the next day. So massive shout-out to AMX Superstores. It's been a really fun time hanging out with the crew um, at the races at Primex doing the radio show and uh, the crowd really getting into it uh, at the latest one, even with the rain. It was fun to hang out with everybody and talk to Jesse Dobson. And um, we had uh, Seth Shackleton, and we also had Johnny Reinders on with myself and Donnell. And uh, check those out. They're on the channel. We've also got the Thor post-race interviews from that round as well. So some cool content here on the Inside Dirt Network. But once again, massive shout-out to AMX Superstores. We couldn't do it without them. They support our Primex coverage, so make sure you support them. And with that being said, he is myself, Darnell Official, and Posty, a.k.a. Michael Williams, okay, talking all You're things with real treat today. He, he's Jimmy's brother, the guy, the singer. Gator, never been about that. Never, never been about playing no shit. It, it'd be like looking over and seeing your, your ex-missus with someone else. Like, it's a... There's a few of them going around the pits, I'm sure. That's <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I've been smacking lately? Can we say it on the show? <laughs> Why weren't you more successful? Well, you know, because I sucked, so... <laughs> All right, guys, and as promised, welcome to the AMX Superstores Pro MX review show from round number three at Wodonga on the Inside Dirt Network. We've got uh, myself, Joe Stevens, and um, I'm joined by, we're going to start off with, um, now, I've just been forewarned to get his job title right, and I believe it goes like this. He is the design and marketing coordinator for Alpine Star at Monza Imports, Darnell Official. Did I get that right? Close. Alpine Stars has an S on the end. And <laughs> that hate of mine, you know it. I was so close to it. I was more focused on the job title, you know? Yeah, you got it's a B minor. Okay, thank you. Well, Donnell, welcome. Um, hey, man. How are you? I'm good, mate. Look, it, it, was, uh, it was a big um, big commute, man. A big commute. We went um, straight from the race Sunday. Me and Danny Ham drove back to Melbourne Airport, which was like three and a bit hours from the track. Then I flew to Brisbane. Then I drove home from Brisbane to the Goldie. So honestly, yesterday I was wrecked. Um, 
but I'm, I'll come good today. Um, so how are you doing, man? Did you recover? Yeah, I mean, it was a, a, a longish drive home for me, three and a half, four hours by the time I stopped. Um, and then, yeah, straight back into the office on Monday morning to, to keep living the dream. So, um, no, it was good. You know, uh, we'll get into it about <laughs> the weekend. The weekend that uh, yeah. was and the conditions for sure. Um, all right, well, Donnell, appreciate you joining us. We're going to chat all things, all things that was. Um, second on the line, um, they call him the leader of the fallen, the broken, and the damned. Uh, his nickname's Posty. His real name's Michael Williams. Mickey, what's happening, bud? <laughs> Hello, mate. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. Of course, man. Of course. We haven't had you on the show for a minute here. We're starting to think you've forgotten about us. Yeah, yep. You went old ghost mode, eh? A ghost? That's right. His name was Ghosty. Sorry, I had to get that one in. I'll tell you what, man. That blew my eardrums out. Yeah. That, but that song is very fitting to how I'm currently feeling after this weekend. You're not okay. And maybe half. Yeah. Maybe half <laughs> the bikes and the teams as well. I guarantee you a lot of people in the pits are not okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Posty, obviously, big uh, big weekend on the tools. For those of you that don't mm-hmm. know, Posty is one of the leading videographers in um, in Moto and Supercross. Does a lot of great content for a lot of big brands. Um, Posty, I'm guessing you had your work cut out for you trying to make anything look good this weekend. Um, yeah. So usually, usually the deadlines for me are like a two o'clock Monday. Um, you know, Tuesday afternoon for. A lot of the clients and um, yeah, uh, so since Wodonga, I've probably had about three hours sleep. It's uh, it's been a rough couple of days to be honest with you. Um, I'm probably one of the few people that can say they're actually living the dream, um, but I can confirm on Sunday I was not living the dream and I wasn't even riding. Um, it's been a bit of a struggle to try and make anything look cool. Um, we were just saying before the show that I we were watching it back on TV and I it looks even worse on TV. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really feeling for the teams and their riders at the moment because, um, and anyone really associated with the weekend because it was, it was a tough go throughout, except for maybe our friend Darnell who sat in the media tent the whole time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I went over. I went over with that. All right, he got BTS on the start line when there was minimal mud. He did get a BTS on the start line. I do have a video of you two from when I was in the commentary tower and you, you would venture down to like the last turn. You were trying to be all media about it. And um, oh, yeah. you, you look yeah. fairly over it at that point. I, I forgot to send the video in the group chat, but I will. Um, but yeah, look. Uh, my feet were covered in blisters. It was just, uh, as Dean Ferris said, what do you, I don't know what the exact quote was on my line, but it wasn't good. Yeah, and I mean, let's, um, you know, like I said, this is, before we get into it, you know, like we said, massive shout out to AMX Superstores at the beginning. Darnell, you and I hosted the Primex radio show, um, which for the first time, you know, talk about contrasts, obviously, we didn't get to do it at round one, that was what it was. Round two, insane heat, the radio show was pretty much, it was too hot for anyone to even hang out and listen, so we did it basically to ourselves. It was Excuse me, nice to have a crowd this weekend hanging out with us, listening to the riders, um, even with the mud. Like, it, it was a good spirit in the pits. I felt like I kind of took the pressure off a little bit, maybe. That was the only positive I felt come from the mud. Uh, however, um, before we get into it, 
AMX Superstores, amxsuperstores.com.au, and you can check out the uh, Primex AMX Superstores radio show on the podcast channel. It is also on the website, along with all the other content we've done from the weekend. So you check out insidedirt.com.au. Um, so let's get into it. Now, elephant in the room. You just talked about it, Mickey. We might as well talk about it. Um, Ferris Moto Online, they put out that video, and um, you know everyone by now has realistically heard what Dean said. So let's talk about it. Um, now, again, disclaimer, same as Dean said, I'm a, a big fan of all the clubs putting their putting their effort in and doing this, which is somewhat of a thankless task because honestly, if you look at that venue when we left, it would look like uh, it looked like a, a war zone. Oh, man. Like, can you imagine <laughs> trying to put that thing back together for, for the club for any future events? Like the tracks destroyed, the, the pits were pretty much smoked, like – every inch of that place is going to need some sort of makeover and horrendous amount of work. So I am not in any shape or form dismissing what the volunteers do at these clubs and the fact that they put, you know, put their own time in to put these events on. But with that being said that there's got to be a line drawn in the sand. And I feel like this weekend was it where this is pro motocross. This is Primax in Australia. This is one of the premier domestic motocross championships in the world. Like I've told everybody bar AMA, Biomix GP, this is on par with anything else. And there's big money, big budgets, big riders, national television coverage, you name it. You know, this is an amazing series. We all make a living from it, like to, to a certain degree, right? Maybe not solely, but it's a big part of what we do. My agency, ID Media Group, my commentary, all that revolves somewhat around Primex. And then obviously Supercross Posty, you're the same. Donnell, you go to all the races with your role at Monza and Alpine Stars. So indicative of all of the effort and all of the money and everything that people are putting in the race teams the riders the brands the promoters like motorcycle in australia everybody collectively then we have appen which was basically a mudder in practice because it was overwatered uh, and then it came somewhat good but there was still a high line and a low line and a swamp in the middle of a lot of the track then we come here. Now, word on the street is that about two weeks ago was the Senior Vic titles at Aubrey Wodonga. From what I hear, the track got ripped after the events and the rain got in before they were able to seal it. So by the time we got there on Sunday, sorry, Saturday, they took about a foot and a half of the whole start straight just to get it down to a hard base. The rest of the track, they'd done what they could, but it was like walking on a, a bowl of um, spaghetti like there was air pockets everywhere there was water under the surface it was going to be a mudder before it rained on the weekend then obviously the rain came through and and that was all she wrote so i don't know where you want to go with that but it was not good yeah. and can i just ask a question sorry sorry i don't mean to cut you off but mm-hmm. like who who decides on the track back is there a is there a standard set by oz pro or like, I, I, I don't fully believe that you can fully come down on the club, to be honest, because I don't care who you are or what you're saying. You can never fully predict what the weather's going to do. Like, I just don't, like, you know what I mean? It's so easy to come down on the club and come down on the on the prep guys. Because, like, you know what I mean? Like, like dude, we live in Queensland, and it's unpredictable at the best. You know what I mean? Like, um, so I think there is a certain element where we need to maybe back it down a little bit on the club. Um, and Agreed. the things, but like my that. my question is, is: is there a a standard, or is there a procedure, or is there something that like MA's coming in and setting up a week before, however long? I don't know how long it takes. Like, 
Well, the I'm short answer to that, that post like is no. Right now, the clubs do independent yeah, okay, cool. independent track prep. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. yeah. But in saying that, Joe, like this is now three rounds in a row. Like Atom wasn't prepped well at all. Wodonga was questionably prepped ahead of this. And to be honest, one thing, it wasn't that good either. So this is now three rounds in a row where the track prep hasn't been to the standard it needs to be for a premier series in the country. Like, yeah, when and, is and someone I, gonna I agree. When is someone going to take responsibility for it? Well, the, it seems like the issue the is MA it's... Um, but no one seems to be communicating and getting solved. No, no, I don't think it's anybody, any one body's fault. Like, as in, it's not MA, it's not the club. It Like, this is a, a problem that I think perhaps back when it was MX Nationals, like, we saw it here and there. You'd go, oh, but there wasn't good track prep today. But it seems like it's just more frequent at the moment. Perhaps just we've had a bad run with the weather. But it seems that all these, you know, all of the tracks so far are getting ripped so deep that if it does rain or, or even if they just water it to the degree they're watering it, like, yeah, Appen, I get it. They had to get water into it, right? Um, yeah, but why didn't they get water into it the week leading up, you know? Like, why was it all just flooded on Saturday? Yeah, I, I don't, you know, again, this is the thing. You've got, you've got clubs. And I don't want to throw shade. I don't want to throw shit, shit at volunteers. Like, we, you know, we're super appreciative of what the clubs do. And they, for the most part, do a great job. But at some point, Something needs to happen here because this is now three rounds in a row where we've had destroyed tracks during practice. We've had privateers blowing bikes up in practice. Years getting destroyed. All the track signage is almost unreadable after practice. Like it's not realistic. I'm not saying it's not good. It's, it's not good enough because all the time and invest, like MA's investing so much time and money, the clubs are investing so much time and money, brands, riders. Spectators, like spectators wouldn't have been able to tell which rider was which on the weekend. Like, you know, we're at every race. We know these guys. And it was still hard for us. The guys on TV were struggling, you know. Yeah, it's, and it's, look, I think it's a case of, of this, right? It's like, you know, let's not sit here and point fingers. I, I don't believe no, it's... No, I know. Neither, none of us are. So, you know, let's just get the politics out of the way. I'm not saying it's any one person's fault. Nobody else here is either. It's like, okay, and I'm not going to spend the entirety of this show saying that this is for another conversation, but what is the solution? I don't know if there's ever been a solution, but whatever's going on right now as far as... Like, I'm nervous to go to Maitland. I'm not, I'm not going to beat around the bush there like it's like okay this is another hard pack clay track um it's low lying they tend to rip it pretty deep like i'm like okay is this going to be another round where it's basically mud in the morning and then a slot car rut track after that like i would be so glad to get to maitland and see it hard pack and they put some water down with the sprinklers and they rip it sunday morning like well, we have two days of racing at Maitland, but to get to, we've got the added bonus, the MX1, the MX3, and a, 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 you know, practice qualifying for MX2 on Saturday as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, you get what I'm getting at, though. Like, okay, say if they, they ripped it, like a club that, they just dissed the top of it Saturday morning before the guys hit the track. Like, I think everyone would breathe a sigh of relief if you could just move around on the racetrack, make some passes, yeah, eat a bit of roost from the, the, the pebbles. But, like, man, I just you hope... At the moment, it's just surviving the track. Yeah. And I get, you know, whether, you know, the weather plays a part in it. You know, I don't, I'm not trying to put the blame on MA. I'm not trying to put the blame on the, tra- on the club. Like these guys are doing 
the best that I can, but like, it, yeah, we just we can't be nervous heading to a national track. No, I mean, I'm I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, at least when we get to Gilman, we're going to have some loam. And, like, I'm like, dude, I... Gilman's had a heap of rain lately, though. Yeah. And Gil- last time they had that much rain, it was close to six weeks. Well, we just missed the rain <laughs> last year, do you remember? Like, we flew out and the rain yeah. came in. It was yeah. crazy. Anyway, yeah. that's that what it is. Like I said, we're not going to fix it over the phone right now. But moving forward, whether it's the club's whether it's MA setting some sort of standard, that there, there's going to need to be a little more coordination with these tracks. And yes, you can't help the weather, but I'm of a believer that if that track on the weekend, and I might be wrong, and people from the club might message me and tell me different, that's fine. Like, I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus, but if that track was left sealed until two hours before the tracks, bikes hit the track on Sunday morning and they and they dissed the top of it, it probably would have held up a hell of a lot better than whatever we were we were dealt with you know so that being said um everyone's seen that interview with ferris on moto online and he spoke what everyone was thinking um i know riders that were in mx3 that blew you know these are these are families and privateers that blew up their their race bike and qualifying and their practice bike in moto one and they were done for the day and that was more than one rider um the amount of of well, I don't know. This is the thing, right? Like, you look at, I mean, how many of, of the factory bikes blew up in MX1 Moto 1? Um, look, ma'am, let, let's move on. Let's actually talk about the racing. But um, regardless, it Can will... I just have one more thing to do before we move on? Yes. And it's nothing to do. I, I don't, but isn't it gnarly time and, uh, you know, whatever, however many years on front, we, we have the deepest, most competitive, somewhat sealed um, between MX1 and MX2. Um, and we've had three, uh, I don't know what you want to call these races. Like, do you guys have any idea who is top dog? Like, you know what I mean? Like, they've all been, um, like, obviously, the first round at one baggy, that was tragedy. Um, but then Appen was weird, and then this round was weird. So, like, isn't it, it's a little bit, like, you know, it's the first time in a long time that we, I just still don't know what's what, you know what I mean? Like, we haven't really seen any bar-to-bar bar race, you know? Yeah, we're almost our, halfway through the championship. Yeah, um, I yeah. mean, let's start there, right? Like, basically, MX1 has been, um, you know, obviously, Tanny and Clout were out of contention this round. Um, Beaton and Ferris seem to be the staples at the front of the field so far that have sort of bridged away from everybody else. Um, as far as the rounds two and three, like those are the consistent guys that have been up front. Now, Beaton to me looks like he's just riding around. Like, honestly, I don't think I've seen him put in a sprint lap yet other than super pole here or there. Um, and obviously there was no AMX top 10 pole shootout super pole at Wodonga because of, um, because of the mud. So Kyle Webster took that one out because he was fastest qualifier. But um, to answer your question, Posty, no, like knockdown, drag out battle, we haven't seen it yet. Like is Jed just, I don't want to use the term sandbagging, but he's just ticking off his motos, getting solid points. And now he's got a, a pretty comprehensive points lead because he's been so consistent. Um, obviously, Ferris had the mechanical in Moto1. His oil filler cap came off, and the thing was smoking more than the Albury nightclub on Saturday night. But, um, like... Did anyone, did anyone go to that? No. No, I didn't attend. 
Weren't you there, Donnell? No comment. No comment. Neither of you confirmed nor denied. He is a professional. He is. He's a marketing coordinator. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, no, of course. Um, But um, like I said, I don't know. We can talk about it there. I don't know. Like, I do I think at Maitland we might get to see who's better? Well, possibly. I think Maitland's going to suit Ferris probably more than it suits Beaton. I don't think we're going to know till we leave um, South Australia cool. after round five. I think that's when we're going to know a bit more about it personally. Honestly, I think we're going to know it cool because there's seven guys, eight guys that can win races here. What well, is there though? Because yeah, like, I, I, I don't think there is at this point. Who who do you think can win races? Webster, Beat, Ferris, Waters, Gibbs. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Okay, I I know you're on the home team, but do you see Toddy winning a moto this you're, year? You're telling me you're telling me you're going to count out Todd Coolum. You're you're cool. I am this year. I'm, I, I I will scratch. Yeah, that's insane. Dude. I'll scratch Gibbs. You're second this week. To me, the guys that can win motos this year now, there is four of them. It is Tanny, Webster, Ferris, and Beaton. Yeah, I haven't seen anything from Cloudy this year that makes me think he can oh, win a moto. Dude, no, I, I'm with you, Darnell. There's at least eight dudes that can win motos. Like, so there's both the CDR boys. Um, Gibby. Gibby. Mm-hmm. You can't catch one out of, out of school. You just can't, man. And when we go to Dillon. Pull my blasty away. Pull my blasty away. And what about Maddie? Maddie won. Like, dude. Like, yeah. And we. that's what I'm saying, though. You go, oh, you can't see it. But we didn't we see it on baby. Yeah. yeah. And then we've seen happen. Like, Cloudy was fast. It happened, dude. He was, but he wasn't race winning fast. Yeah. Dude. Like, that's not, I just, like, man, Webster, Webster was, oh, dude, he was, he was nearly, what was he, 15 seconds ahead? He was a minute two up when the boss stopped. That's insane, man. Like, yeah, I said he'd win yeah, motor. I said wow. he's part of the four guys that would win a motor. So who'd you got? Webster. Webster, Beaton. Tanny, Ferris, and Beaton. Yeah. So I, I may be wrong, but I, I'm going to put it out there that I only see those four winning motos for this year. What about Hamish Harwood? Look, I love Harwood and his story. He's so fit, but he isn't going to win a moto. The dude's the dude's flying back to New Zealand to build houses Monday morning. Like he's not winning a moto. Like there's no disrespect to him. He is fit and he's a bad dude, but he ain't winning MX One moto this year. And I'm not, you know, I'm probably being a little more outspoken than usual, but. Watching those guys the last few weeks, like to me, that's where it's at. But anyway, let's get back to the results because we haven't really touched on it. But obviously, Moto One, absolute swamp fest, MX One guy, and that was the Moto after lunch, which I think the track actually got worse throughout the day. It seemed like earlier in the day it was probably better, and then it came good. It not good, but there was at least like a low line and a high line by the very end of the day. But that first MX One Moto after the lunch break was. Probably one of the worst motos of the day as far as the moisture coming up from underneath. Would you guys agree? Mm, yes. Um, uh, on a video, still, they look faster in the swap, in my opinion. I think it would have been easier to ride a 450 around there with a little bit of power. 
Yeah, I'd have had a 252 stroke all day out there would have been my bike of choice, but it definitely wouldn't have finished. <laughs> um, but uh, so, all right, Moto One beaten, um, sorry, Webster basically checks out at the beginning. There wasn't a whole lot of racing going on, but you know, Webster hole shots, he stays pretty clean, he's gone, and then about halfway through, we lose Webster um to the mechanical then from there beaten who was just clocking his laps and, and basically trail riding uh, he he then inherits the lead and um and then, again doesn't really up his pace doesn't really do anything he just does what he has to do and uh, takes a, a big victory now the drama was obviously behind beaten and you guys maybe talk about this because in the commentary tower i couldn't see a lot but i know with um with a few laps to go we had Tanny, we had Ferris, we had Mossy, all within the top sort of three to six positions, and then we lost everyone. Kirk Gibbs was not with a lap to go in his fifth. Yeah, I talked about that with him in the post race interviews because we were laughing because I just said, "Did I said to him when you were riding that he last lap?" Up lap. So, so Jed beat and lapped up the fourth place. Yeah, Jed, place. Jed nearly lapped. Yeah, he lapped almost up to the podium. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I said to Kirk, I was like, did you just see a, a barbecue of YZ4DFs on that last lap? Because we lost Tanny, Mossy and Ferris with one lap to go. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, does it? It's heartbreaking, honestly. I mean, you know, Ferris's bike was... Yeah. was uh, let's, let's, let's go through the data because it needs to be talked about. Matt Moss, DNF. Aaron Tanner DNF, Dean Ferris DNF, Carl Webster DNF, Luke Zielinski DNF, Corey Watts DNF, Clayton Hodges DNF, Zane Dunlop DNF, Siegel Ward DNF, Cody Shout DNF, and uh, Lockie Stewart DNF. That's a lot, man. That's a lot of bikes. I mean, the only thing... I remember Horsham in 2017 when I think only 10 riders in MX2 finished. So, yeah, you may be right, Darnell. I think that, that race was probably worse or on par with this. Um but yeah, it's just, it's gnarly, man. But, you know, let's talk about it. So obviously, Moto1, um, run us through the results, Daniel, because I've got the overall here, but run us through the race results. Uh, Moto results were Beaton, Waters, Harwood, Guy Walker, credit to Guy there, um, and then Kid, Service, Metcalf, Liam Jackson. He had, a, he had a really good day all day, actually. Mm. This one was uh, Dylan Wood, Regan Duffy, Jack Watson, um, that's your, yeah, top 11 there. Um, notable mention, Luke Clout, 15th in that first photo, you know. Yeah, I like think Cloudy went into the pits like three times, I believe. Um, yeah. yeah it was, the, the, one thing, the one thing to talk about, the, the gap between Beaton and Waters was a minute 18. The gap between Beaton and Harwood was a minute 30. The gap between Beaton and Guy Walker was two minutes 40. Like <laughs> that. That's a big gap. It's insane, isn't it? At a, at a professional level, like that just illustrates how bad the conditions were. Like I said, there wasn't a lot of racing. It was survival. And it's even hard to do the podcast now and be like, oh, this race, this, th- there wasn't much to talk about with the racing. It was more just who could survive at the fastest pace and, and not blow their bike up. Because um, like the start straight was if you weren't the first three bikes down that start straight, your goggles were done. Like guys were literally taking their goggles off in in the first turn. Um, man, the conditions. Jim was also eight, 
eight seconds a lap faster than anyone else on the track. Who was, sorry? Beaton did a 221, and the next fastest was Kyle Winston on a 229. Wow. <laughs> There's that's, that GP uh, experience, that Tasmania experience, that just the, the fight that's been dead beaten right now. Yeah, and here's me saying, oh, he was trail riding, but he was clearly, you know, just really utilizing his skill set because he did not, I didn't hear him rev the bike. I barely saw him take his feet yeah. off. He just sort of stood up and sat down with his feet up, you know. Um, not only are you at lunch, you're looking at lunch in the rear view, bro. What's that, sorry? I said, you're not, you're not out to lunch. You're looking at lunch in the rear view mirror right now. Yeah, you're probably right there. If you think Jed Beaton, you said Jed Beaton was just, you know, trial riding, and he got the fastest lap by eight seconds, and you reckon there's only four guys who can win motos here? Okay, Joe. I don't, yeah, I don't shoot you down very often, but I think you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, right, so. yeah. I mean, I stand corrected with the eight-second thing. Um, I, Webster looked like he was going faster than Beaton before uh, his bike blew up, but that's the contrast in style, isn't it? Like, Webster's quite animated he's, he's a smaller dude he moves around on the bike more beaten he's grown a lot since we seen him back in the day on the 250s over here. he really just puts that 450 under him with his legs like that I'll MXGP I'll experience is great I'll, I'll eat my words I got that wrong Webster ran a 219 not a, two, not a 229 oh, <laughs> wait 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 so what so what I'm was the next so who was faster yeah, Webster was faster by two seconds on lap two. <laughs> ah, oh, sit me down. But then, the next, but then the next fastest after that, I think, was Toddy Walters with a 231, so 10 seconds faster. Posty, what's your opinion on this? You're very quiet right now. Uh, I don't know, man. Like I, just, like I said at the start, like, I don't care if you're 10 seconds fast, 15 seconds fast. So, like, to me, watching Beaton, and I think Connolly was the perfect example. Like, I actually spoke about this to Todd, and he's like, man, when you pull a start like Connolly did or like Jed did, you just get into a flow state and you start kicking off your laps and you start hitting your marks and every spot. Like, not taking away anything, but what, did you, you remember seeing how clean Jed was compared to Todd or anyone else like that? There's no roost to contend with. They, they know their lines. They hit them. Like, it sort of almost seems like those dudes like Connolly and Jed were both, and even NATO in the second moto, they just got into a flow set out the front and they just went and ticked it, like, ticked their, you know, their laps off. Um, which is super, super, in my opinion, super impressive to do it on a track like that, you know. Um, I, I, I listen to a lot of uh, other podcasts. I listen to, you know, uh, the After Race podcast. A lot of people ask Jed about that. Did um, the GP experience come into into play? And he sort of said he'd never really ridden much like as wet as what it was um, today. So I, I don't, you know, to me, this, Athens, Montague, these are all sort of outliers. Like, what real data do we have to go off? You know what I mean? Is Jed beaten really fast? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No, Is Ferris yeah. really fast? Yeah, like Ferris punted him down that second moto. Well, he did, and, and I guess we can sort of, we've covered moto one, let's go to moto two. Like, that was trademark Ferris, Darnell. He, um, yeah. you know, he, he sat behind Beaton for 10, 15 minutes, he figured his lines out, and then he started eating Beaton up by three to four seconds a lap, just dropped the hammer, which, look, dropping the hammer in those conditions didn't really look that spectacular, but he 
really did bridge the gap quickly. Yeah, well, Bateman was still out of fast lap time, Ferris in the second motor. So, um, okay, so so the fastest time was Beaton's, but I, I'd say the average fast time would have to be Ferris, right? Uh, yeah, well, you'd assume that because he won, so that makes sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, the lap time dropped a fair bit too in that second motor. Like, Ferris was a 208 and Beaton was a 207 compared to, you know, I thought, you know, 10, uh, 10 to 12 seconds faster than the British motor. So, it shows that the, the track got better throughout the day. Um, but, you know, we'll so, run it through. The lap times were faster, eh? Yeah, he was faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, look at the results from other two. Beaton, Gibbs, Waters, Webster, Harwood, Canning, Service, Lout, and Metcalf, the top 10. Important uh, to mention is that we did actually have back-to-back scheduled for MX1, uh, and they made the decision for that to not happen, which is for obvious reasons was the right call. Um, so we had a traditional 25-plus one, which is a long time out on that track in those conditions. Um I'm not going to lie, boys. The the shorter qualifying time and the shorter races, I was actually a big fan of it. Yeah, I, I feel. Like, I'll, I'll be honest. Three minutes of practice was just a side lap, wasn't it? Well, it was basically two laps. Like the guys that went out at the end of the gate drop for like practice, they basically went straight into a green flag. Yeah. Um, uh, which. Like, here's the thing, right? At the level that we're racing at, do these boys need all that track time in the morning? Like, I don't know if they do, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's many different ways that could alter the schedule. Um, but this, I don't have the time for it right now. Yeah, look, let's stay on track. But interesting, you know, we had shorter qualifying times. We had shorter races in everything except MX1, and, and I liked it. Um I think there's perhaps some innovation that can come into the chairmanship and, you know, perhaps with the demographic of, of younger race fans and uh, short attention spans and those things. Like, I, I think it's something to explore. Like, But anyway, Jed Beaton gets the overall, now has a pretty decent points lead. Gibbsy, like third in Moto2, him and Toddy had an epic battle posty. It was pretty much the entire Moto, but okay. Toddy just yeah, could okay. not make a move. Um, I don't yeah. think there was a line to do so, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, very cool. Ferris. Uh, oh, yeah. Ferris. Uh, right, third overall. Um, what did you say? It was Ferris third overall? No, he didn't. I thought it was. Yeah. No, I'm looking at the championship. Sorry. Um, oh, okay. Live timing. My bad. Uh, round three results. Moto two. <laughs> you got the overall results there, Daniel. Hey, at least he's consistent. Yeah, Jesus uh, second. Because I was semi prepared, but you kept changing things on me. Uh, round point. MX one. Beaten Waters, Gibbs, Harwood, Service, Ferris, Metcalf, Duffy, Wood, Jackson. Wow. So where did Tanty finish overall? 15th. 15th. That is not good for his chairmanship. No. No, not hey, good at all. How many points has he got? He's 27 points back, I think. Yeah. 
Um, I looked at the championship host earlier. Yeah, 28, 28 points back. Yeah. Um, He's 28 points back on Beaton. Yeah. Yeah. Beaton's got 14 points back on Gizzy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, will be having a heart attack over that. Yeah, I mean, even hey. if Tanny... Tanny's going to have to win a lot of races now to win this championship. Yeah, but you know what, man? Like, I wouldn't put a pass in either. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Like, and to be honest, and like to be real, like, you can see how bad one weekend is, can just go bad. Like, look at our MX2 contender Nathan. Like, you can just things can just go. So, like, we're almost halfway. Well, we will be halfway in three weeks. But it's like, yeah, if I Tanny, he's still just as he's probably yeah, he's probably just still as hungry as what he was. At the start of the yeah, and if he gets on a roll, if he starts winning some races and getting some hole shots, like it's not out of the question that he could still win this thing and defend his championship. But um, look, Beaton's going to be solid. He's shown that. He's been there every moto. He's been there or thereabouts. Um, Ferris is the same, other than mechanical. You, you know, that's just how it happens, unfortunately. But um, man, it's going to be interesting. So, um, hey, question about Beaton. Yes. Um, say he wins the multi title. Aussie national title. Like, how quick do you reckon he leaves? Right I feel that... Like, yeah, but is, yeah, but is it enough? Like, say he wins a national title here. Is it enough for a Europe team to reinvigorate him? Like, to be reignite their interest in him? Or what? I think it depends on the economics of the MXGP pits. Like, it's hard to say. He may have to wait another year or two before the right ride presents itself. Um, yeah. And is he going to get... Look, I don't know. Look, when he was riding for Rockstar Husky over there, he was probably making pretty good money in MX2, right? But if you're going to go to MX1 and when he was riding for that support Cowie team, like, I guarantee you he's making way more money over here, winning races and getting bonuses and stuff, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It depends where he's at in his life and his career. Does he want to go back to Europe and have a couple of years of building to have a shot or does he want to stay here and win championships and be an Aussie, uh, an Aussie mainstay? Yeah, he can always, he can always okay. come back here and win championships and make money. He's, he's young though, isn't he? I think he's 20, 25, 24, 25. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, he shouldn't, he shouldn't be here. No, no. I don't want to. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I honestly, man, I hope he just if you know if he waxes everybody and goes, like, I think that's a good result. <laughs> Look, hopefully, um, hopefully he gets picked up. We always want to see the best Aussie riders on the international circuit. Um, I'd say the same about Tanning. You know what I mean? I'd say the exact same about Tanning and Cloudy. Like, just. Well, I love the Australian series. I love the Australian series more than I, I don't even watch. Oh, the we oh we know. I watch the TV. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but man, yeah. Um. All right. Well, MX One. I don't know, man. Like you look at um, big deficit now for Tanya to make up. Ferris has got some work to do. Beaten has been solid, and consistency is paying off. So. Um, then we've got the old dogs of, of um, Waters and, and Gibbsy still in there. It's going to be interesting. As I said, I kind of feel like we're not talking about the racing much, but there really wasn't that much to talk about because it was just purely survival. So with that being said, MX2, let's get into it. AMX Superstores Primex review show here on the Inside Dirt Network. And um, Brody Connolly, um, Moto1, 
Very impressive. It's very good. Yeah, can you speak up uh, a bit though? Now it's kind of hard to hear you right now. Sorry, yeah. No, the kid's good. There's just no denying that. Um, obviously, you already picked him up for a reason, and, and that's, that's it. That's all you can say. Yeah, look, that first moto posty, he, um, he had track position. The track was oh, as as bad as any part of the day. He really wasn't making mistakes. He was sitting with his butt on the rear fender. He was keeping his feet on the pegs. Like he looked like a seasoned veteran mud rider. Um, yeah. the bike didn't sound like it was struggling. Like like you said, what Waters said, he got a whole shot. He got track position. He saw the track different to everybody else, and you could tell because he was gone. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the gap to the finish line was pretty decent too. You know, like. Man, is that was that was that is that his first ever? Um, yeah, it's his first career win on a national level. Yeah, uh, I All think right. in New Zealand is obviously. Um, yeah, he's won in New Zealand a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's cool. I'm like so pumped for the Duke. Um, yeah, great ride, man. And I don't know what happened. Right, what did he finish in the second by the third? Third. Is it safe to say that? Um, he probably wasn't really in the position to want to go after NATO to go one-one. If he, you know, I don't know if they knew. He knew that's what they were talking about. You know, like you know, oh, NATO can win this. I don't really care. I'm going after that all. Like you know. Yeah, he knew he didn't have to. Did he have the speed to? Yeah. Possibly. Uh, Nathan. Yeah. Well, that's the question I was proposing. Like you know, who <laughs> would have been cool to see. Like, is that what is like? Okay, well, then here's the other question that I'm asking Are we going to Maitland and is it a Wilson Connolly Nathan Crawford show? Like, is that what we're looking at? I don't Sorry, think, Dave Manier, yeah. Look, we'll talk about Wilson Todd. You know, he he got a mulligan here because he um the mud and he rode very consistent, didn't blow his bikes up, did everything he needed to do, and he's now sitting on an eight point lead over Brody Connolly. Um, but Wilson is between his injuries, and I think he's had some other health stuff going on. Um, he's not in fighting shape right now. He's not fighting fit. He's not race fit. Um, he got a gift with the mud this weekend because he didn't have to go all out. But I don't think right now, with everything he's had going on at the start of this year, that he is in any position. I don't think he's going to be able to challenge like Connolly and Muneer and and. Um, Crawford on all-out speed right now. I don't know what you guys think, but from what I've been hearing, I don't think that's going to be on the cards. He's a, he's a, like, Wilson Todd's won an athlete's title. He knows what he needs to do. You know what I mean? Like, what's, what's the point deal at the moment? Do you have that? Eight over Connolly. No, what is it? Uh, eight over Connolly, 20 over the near 30 over Crawford. And he's not—he's not even fighting fit. Like he's not fully, fully healthy. And he's still got an eight-point lead. Oh, look, he's I done incredible he's work to manage this championship. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. hats off to him. He's done great. Yeah, because like realistically, I mean, Connolly is maybe a bit of a bit of pain in the backside. And after what, after every time I see Minier on the on the track, I become more and more of a fan of him. Um, and obviously Nathan Crawford's going to be coming after every one-one uh, that he can possibly can. But if Wilson sort of sits in that second or third position, 
uh, for the rest of the championship and manages the championship. So, uh, you yeah, I remember that actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's always, it's always on the test. But yeah, you, like you know what I'm saying. Like, well, with with, um, with the eight points he's got or whatever, he's not going to be able to consistency run this one out. At some point, he's going to have to start winning races again. Yeah, I just think he's a very smart, he's a very calculated rider. I think, um, yeah, I think he's going to be sitting in the driver's seat and he's just going to let it play out by the time he comes. Like, man. Cool, I'm still a long time away, man. Like, he's listed another four weeks in Maitland, and then we've got that eight week break, you know. Um, even on a bad day, I still don't see Wilson finishing outside the top five. Do you? No, definitely not. He's he's top five with so, eyes closed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we go to Maitland, and then we've got another, what is it, five weeks from Maitland to Toowoomba? Uh, four weeks to Adelaide. Like, yeah, it starts to get a bit spread out here once we get past Maitland. Um, yeah, and I and he's riding with well, him and Todd are they're back up in Cairns riding together now, so it's like Yeah, I don't know. It's so wild that they live all the way. It's up gonna there. be exciting. Yeah, it's gonna be it's it's it's, it's very exciting because there's that, that top field of that MX two between Wilson Todd, Nathan Crawford, Mir, uh Connolly, uh then you have Michael Dobson. Uh, Bud uh, Ferguson, like we haven't seen a fully healthy Ferguson yet. Um, I was surprised we even saw Ferguson there. I chat to him for the post-race interviews, and he looked actually pretty good. He got some, some injuries, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think yeah. he'd be there with what he had going on with his with his ribs. Well, I his... think he only just I think he only just got cleared. Like, like, oh man, it would have been the day before the race to actually ride. So, um, yeah, MX2, I think there's just as many questions in MX2 as what there is in MX1. I'd say so. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, do you want to run through the results, Joe? Yeah, I was going to say, Donnell, do you want to give us a rundown of the moto scores so we can talk about it? Yeah, I mean, so I'll give the top 10 in moto one was obviously Brady Connolly. Epic ride from Joe Foster to get second in that opening motor. Um, Wilson Todd in third, like we said, just you know, controlled himself and 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 got got to the finish line. Um, Caleb Barham fourth, focused on that as he was uh, would be. Um, and, and that's the thing everyone goes, you know, to deep right, you know, deep how deep the track was. Calibarum for Caden and Mir fifth. Like they're not they're not the smallest riders in the field, are they? You know. Um Hayden Smith over from New Zealand in, in sixth riding for David Motorsport. Liam Andrews, uh seventh in the opening moto. Um Alex Wellwood in eighth. Finally finally starting to see something out of Alex again. Uh Reese Bud in ninth and Jimmy Kay in tenth. Yeah. Did I see that correctly that Hugh McKay had a qualification there? Um, something about Phil? Yeah, he 
fueled up on the line that you can't do or something. It was something weird, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it, anyway, was the, it would have been the weekend for it, but um, Cosford, very impressive in Moto 1, probably the biggest surprise after Connolly. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, NATO, look, it was lap two that KDM expired. Uh, yeah, I think he completed one lap. Yeah, so partway uh, through through lap two. Now, obviously, um, man, NATO wants it because you see, you know, Moto Two. It, you know, I'm talking about it's on on the Primex Radio Show at lunchtime. We're like, oh, NATO's probably just going to come out and stomp everybody because he's going to be so pissed off, you know. But he was basically emotionally like he was crying on TV. It was visible. He was so disappointed that. You think a guy just won a race, he'd be ecstatic, but he knows what this means. Like he probably should have been another one one day. Instead, he leaves. You know, he is now seventy five. He's thirty points down on Wilson Todd. It's not out of the question yeah. that he can win this championship, but like, man, he's got a lot of cards going to need to fall his way with race wins to to get this job done. So I did it. I did the calculation today. <laughs> if Nato wins every moto. For the rest of the year, and Wilson Todd gets second, that will win it on the count back. Wow. So, wow, you did the calculations. That's cool. I was going to say, I wonder how many points are up for grabs. So, he has to win out, and and Wilson... Uh, 25 for a win, and 22 for second, obviously. So, that's three-point gap each race. We've got five rounds, so 10 races left. That's 30 points. You can make a difference. Wow, so yeah, he really is going to need to be on his game, which look, NATO winning out, it's probably not going to happen, but it's possible it could happen, but Wilson getting second. Yeah, well, it's more possible, possible NATO winning out or Wilson Todd getting second in every motor. Mm. Wilson Todd. Wilson Todd getting second in every motor. Even if you average it out, he may not get second every motor, but he's going to get first. He, he, like you said, Posty, when you when you reminded me about the the schedule, he's gonna find form later in the year when we start getting these four and five week breaks. Um, you just put it's easier, like NATO hunting. You know what I mean? But NATO's gonna be at hundred percent. Every man, I'm a NATO fan, right? I like, think we I'm all are, really. Here. Like, let's be real. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like NATO is gonna be at hundred percent every time he hits that track, like. Unfortunately for NATO, it hasn't always worked out for him with, with how he rides and how much passion and speed he has. But um, it's going to be interesting, man. If anything, it could... Darnell, we see, like, there's something about NATO this year. He's got a... Man, he's got something to prove. So if he's going to go 1-1 one, one every, yeah. every race, it, this is the year that he's going to do it. Yeah, man. Well, at the moment, if it's, you know, obviously it's firing... <laughs> The DQ at round one, which he got second. If, before you take away that, you know, his photo results, if you take away that disqualification, it's 2 1 1 1 with a DNF. Yeah. With a mechanical. Like, so on actual race finish, he's worth finishing second right now. Realistically, he would have won that first moto at, at Wontaggy without the crash and, and the penalty, obviously. So, yeah. It would have been basically a bunch of ones and a DNF. Like, I said this at the start of the year, like he is so overdue this MXG championship. I almost hope he gets it done so he can move on with his career, if that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. Whether he goes to MX1, whether he wants to defend his championship, whatever, but we we all... Go ahead. Probably was good, but Crawford 
Yeah, I'm wrong speed this is off. This is what you're doing now. Can we talk about Manier, please? Yeah, I was about to bring him yeah. up, so you go for it. Yeah. What? Like, man. I love that kid. He's just getting that kid overseas now. He's yeah. such a fast like, learner. Be, he, he won't be here long, eh? Surely. No. Maybe, no. maybe one no. more season. Maybe, maybe he gets an MX2 championship next year. Um, if he stays, but like, would you though? Would you even bother? Would you? Just no, like, man, you're clearly. Yeah, I'd be no, going to pick the MX as quickly as possible. Amx now, Amx next year, and Amx two the following year at seventeen. So he's got five years to run on Amx two five years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. I'd love to see him do it. I, I love the kid. I love the family. They're great people, and um, you know, he's got the skills. Like, do you remember how? Like, let's just uh, after just saying how great he is. Remember how far off and how bad he was at these hard pack ruddy tracks last season at the start of the year. Yet now, and I saw him at Toowoomba only a couple of weeks ago, and he was ripping. So yeah, exactly. Well, like how quick that kid learns, and then how good he is in the sand. Um. Europe's going to suit him down to the ground. Like, he's still such a youngster. Uh, and that puts it in perspective. Like, he's is he 15 or 16? 15. Uh, 16 this year. He's 15. He's 15 right now. Like, he's yeah. older than most of the kids in MX3. Younger than most of the kids in MX3. Yeah. That puts yeah, it in perspective so quick. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, his results were really impressive. That second moto, he was right there. Um, mm-hmm. Barham, let's talk about your boy KJ. Um, both you guys on the on the KJ bandwagon. He was robbed of a podium in that first race. I, nothing is in. He just went off the track a few extra times. I felt so bad for him because he's just this short dude, no peak, no goggles, and going for it in the mud. Like he rode amazing, and to not get a podium, I was almost heartbroken for him. Yeah, I mean, fourth overall. That's a good weekend for KJ. Um, and remember, he's a privateer. I know. No, I know. No, very impressive. Back. More impressive that his bike actually um, lasted as well, like considering what he was putting it through. Yeah. Uh, they run a good program. Posty, you got to split your dog out, bro. Man, I'm... Is that a chihuahua? What is that thing? I think I'll be retrieving a puppy. Oh, it's a puppy. Jeez, you got the yeah, puppy, got you got the baby on the way. You are fully domesticated right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm about it. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, KJ, so, KJ, but yeah. KJ, yeah, my boy. Uh, dude, it, it, is it safe to say that we want the privateer thing shouldn't be a thing come that season, come Supercross? Whether that's on a blue bike, black bike, orange bike, red bike, I think it really matters where or what he's on. Yeah. Uh, let me go back to it right now. Supercross last year, a bunch of top fives. And obviously that's his niece, he's riding Supercross and he's killing it in motocross right now. Well, he come yeah. on a QMP as well, remember? He led that motocardium last year at QMP. Fulham didn't go all his way. Um, and then, obviously, like I say, the trucks have been, have been challenging and tough this year. Um, and we're still yet to see 
you know, some proper racing, but going on the results that he's got. I mean, he's beaten a lot of factory guys out there. That, um, hey man, you know, he's a he's ahead of he's ahead of a lot of the factory guys, and he's doing it on his own dollar. And there's a lot uh, of guys that we like, can talk about in that conversation. Like, you know, obviously Cosford had a great first moto, but we got like, you know, Lawwood, Dobson, um, uh, Reese Bud, Ferguson, Fox. Like, there's a lot of guys that KJ is consistently beating. And unfortunately, a lot of teams. Yoki Yama, Cody Cooper. Yeah, the list goes on. Yeah, dude. Unfortunately, teams don't seem to hire off of uh, of of solid consistency. Teams want to hire off potential. Yeah, I, 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 but I think this is the first um, time. I don't want to speak badly on KJ's career, and if he listens, you're my boy. But this is probably the first time that he's really got it together. Whether with with his training program with Big Cross, um, his gym program with Fighting Fit. Um, his confidence, his swagger on the bike, everything about KJ is training the right way. He knows it. Um, and I think the teams and the media and everyone else is noticing it as well. So is this, did KJ finally just finally break through that next um, tier? And it's just a matter of time. Like I just, I don't think there's um, any denying that the dude is worthy of a, of a spot like Cosford was the same. I feel like Cosford was the same sort of deal. Like man, man, Cosford was ripping, and it was a privateer for a long time too. And then Ward, he gave him a go. Like it's only a matter of time until like yeah, KJ's just the same sort of thing, you know. Well, from from all intents, he's going to have additional Husqvarna support for Supercross. You know, make of that what you will. But um, you know, yeah, he's there, man. And it would be cool to see him stay with that manufacturer and get more support moving forward because he's doing great things. But, you know, there's, you know, Kingsford is a guy that I want to bring up. Like, obviously, he wasn't there. The injury um, that he sustained, do we know what that was? A foot. Is that a foot? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it's a foot. Like, man, talk about, um, and I like Ryder, man. He's a cool kid and can ride, but, like, two years of back-to-back injuries, like, he's really derailed his career momentum, hey? Yeah, I mean, the potential's still there with, with Ryder, you know, and again, maybe that, that's what the teams are looking at, and obviously that's what that's why he is with WBR. Um, his potential is there. When he, if he can get, get himself healthy, he, that kid can be really, really fast, and he proved that, you know, last year he was, he was quite good. So, until... A couple of injuries setting back, but you know the potential is there. They need to build, but uh, yeah, we just wait for him to come back and show us, show us what he's got. I mean, so. you know, guys like Haruki Yokoyama, like Haruki's really seems to be these conditions are not favouring him right now. Um, I thought Cody Cooper would have been more competitive in the mud, like being New Zealand, being a veteran, but Cooper just doesn't quite seem to be there or either. He's outside the top 10 at the moment pretty consistently. Um, Liam Andrews was riding well. He just didn't really seem to get any track position or any real momentum in the well, moment. He ran, he ran fourth for a lot of that second moto, don't forget, until he went down. Yeah. Um, That's what Liam I thought. Andrews, I feel like, is a, is a Caleb Barnes, just a little bit off him. Is that, am I wrong? 
No, definitely. He was ripping last year, and he's ripping this year too, man. Dude, like, before that me, kid, but... um, before that kid hit his head a few years ago as a junior, um, he was next level. Um, yeah, and I, I really s- rate him. I think he's a good little rider. Right? Dude, and you know what I love about him is like I say this all the time. Back when I was coaching flat out in Victoria, he, um, dude, he would rock up to like the track. His dad, they had like a Commodore and a trailer, like not a box trailer, like a single axle trailer, and gear bag and, and fuel can in the boot of the car. Like I'm talking, these guys, they're not, it's not the normal. Um, it's not the Mercedes Sprinters and the, no, the base stations and, the and stuff. Trailer. It was like, he has to have a ride and support to go racing. He works a full-time job. He works at the dealership, like, and he lives it. Like I got, I got a lot of respect for that kid. Um, and, and that's, that's what we that's talk about. That. Well, what we're talking on land, like new team, the Spectro, Alec Brothers team, um, team for this year with obviously Big Liam as their marquee rider and, and Ty Keane, who's also a ripper as well. And George Knight, like these are, it's a, it's a solid program those guys have built off the back of the dealership and, and some support. Um, and those guys are putting in, I, I think, for, for a private, let's call it a privateer effort, you know, as much as a team, it's a privateer effort. And they're, they're putting in so much work to get to, get to these races. Um, so it's a massive credit to those guys, you know. Um, and that's all you can really say. Like, that's all that really needs to be said is that, you know, the effort that those guys are going to to get Liam and Ty and, and George to these races. And I think, yeah, they're just going to keep building from there too. And Liam's obviously showing he's got the speed to run near the point end of the field. Yeah, they're good. They're good crew, um, the Elliot Bros team. And, um, yeah, they've got the dealership support, which is a massive resource when it comes to parts and bikes and, and justifying even going racing as a team. So, um, Hopefully, man, we could see. I see it really possible that he could get a podium. Um, you know, this season. Is he young, Andrew? He's not. Uh, he was junior in twenty eighteen. Um, junior Aussies Tasmania twenty eighteen was his last year as a junior. So yeah, he's probably seventeen. Yeah, be twenty twenty one. You're right, Donnell. Yeah. Yeah, so he's young. He's not like a 26, 27. No, he's definitely, he's got, if he stays like injury free and, and keeps the momentum, he's got a bright future, I think. Dude, was it last year? Was it last year when he was around like third, four? Like when he was on that Honda, the Red Red thing? Yeah, he broke his foot. Yeah. And, um, he was ripping, right? Like he was like battling for podiums, right? He wasn't 100% healthy coming in. So I don't think he was quite. He's recovered as what everyone thought coming into round one this year. You know, that ankle injury was pretty bad. So, yeah. Um, he's, yeah, he's been putting in the work. Um, he's a solid kid. You know, I've got a lot of time but, for him. And, like, and I think he's got a lot of potential. I just, like, I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys because, like, I'm just looking at the, I'm just watching the MX2 Moto2 at the moment. And I'm looking at the top 10. But I think as a team, man, like, no matter what, like, you always look at, potential and that sort of stuff but when you've got dudes that are running in the top five every weekend or top six every weekend it's almost impossible to not look at them like how do you how do you deny them you know mx2 has always been a weird marketplace like that though where there's so many guys that perhaps get rides year after year and you scratch your head a little bit or the team only has the budget you know, like, they're just happy with their guys. Like, you know, Yamalubi Yamaha, it's not a big budget team as far as paying riders. Neither is, um, 
you know, Serco to a degree, like they're all factory supported Yamaha teams, but you know, Uribe, yeah. he's, he's smart. Like he's got Wilson Todd that's, that's odds on to win a championship or close to, and then he's got the young guy. Like he takes a, a gamble signing Connolly that's already paid off. Um, yeah. Yeah. Connolly was a really good boat. I remember was. him coming over doing a WBR sort of ring and he ran around that top six, seven, I think it was, when he did those a couple rounds and, but I guess my contrast to what you're saying is that, um, you know, is Uribe going to go hire a Caleb Barham or a Liam Andrews? Probably not. You know, is, is Zerko mm-hmm. going to do that? Probably not. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe if Andrews, uh, I'm talking, you know, figuratively, but if Andrews next year is, is a consistent podium guy, then yeah, for sure. But being a fifth, sixth place guy in MX2 isn't always enough over the years to get yourself a ride. You're better yeah, off yeah. you're better off winning a race and podiuming an overall and then having an injury. But then you've got momentum for people going, oh, if we can get him though, we could do this with him, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's MX2. Um, let's wrap that one up there. And uh, like I said, this is the AMX Superstores Pro MX recap show here on the Inside Dirt Network. Um, let's talk about MX3 real quick because it was pretty entertaining. Um, Byron Dennis, hometown race, hung it all out on the line in the second moto. Um, very entertaining, and he was on it. He got the win, but I don't know what happened with the protest in the second moto. Did he keep the win? Does anybody know? I think it's a, well, Jack Mazer. I don't know about second I mean, overall. We're just talking what happened in the second moto. The second moto, yeah. Okay, well, as far as I'm, as I know from the team it, it goes Jack May the one Liam Allen second now as a team yeah um, look, let's talk about Jack May though as well because Posty you'd know probably better than most like I saw that kid at Appen with a knee brace on he couldn't even barely walk through the pits I was like yeah. they are tripping yeah. if they think this kid's going to ride Appen with these ruts not only did he yep. get through Appen and did really well and then I'm like okay well the mud's surely going to take him out this weekend because he's going to be paddleboard and with his feet everywhere and yep. and again man consistent championship lead like the kid's killing it yeah dude uh, Jack super super great kid great family um, Dan's legend and put all my bike with the team aside um, man when he rocked up to uh, to happen with that knee brace I was like surely not like, you know because he's sort of our, our host at MX3 and his knee was really bad, man. Like, really, really bad. He come off the line at, um, at Appenoff for that second moto in tears and really, really gutsy effort. And then I, I saw the mud this weekend. I was like, oh, boy, it's not a good weekend. And, dude, comes, yeah, comes out to the overall and the red plate. So, it's, um, yeah, really, really impressive from Jack. And I think he's got a really, um, really bright future ahead of him. I think a lot of people, you know, you know, to get his FX3 champion last year and he was battling in that um, MX3 title as well. Um, yeah, it's um, really cool. I like the kid. He's cool. He can ride super cross. He's got a good style. Um, but, yeah, you know, Liam Owens, I'll be honest, I didn't know anything about Owens coming into this year. Um, but yep. the, between yeah, the pair of them... Like, oh, like, he's like 12, so... No, <laughs> um, <laughs> he, I believe he's 15 this year. So he's... Oh, how old's Cannon? Um, yeah, I think him and Cannon are like yin and yang. Uh, like Jake, Jake Cannon. Yeah, Jake Cannon. Um, 
yeah, anyway, Liam's very young. Um, I think he's another one of those kids that you probably won't see here for that long. Um, yeah, he's got, a, he's got a very bright future ahead of him. Same hmm. with, um, with young Jake Cannon as well. Yeah, Jake. I mean, let's talk about Jake in Moto One. Like that was yeah. such an impressive ride. Yeah, yeah. I think the future, the future for um, Australian motos, it's looking good, boys. You know, between Jet Allstar, Kyle Woods. Uh, I mean, the look, Connor, Connor Tao had a, a shocker in the mud, but he's another one that really is got a lot of potential. Here. Yeah. He won a motor at Appen, right? He run the second motor yeah. at Appen, and he. Yeah. Um, he, 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 the Fox he, kid, right on KDM. Yeah, Fox kid number twenty-two on the KDM. Yeah. Now, yeah. I want to talk on um, on on Cannon, like Jake Cannon, because I remember him more as a junior, absolutely ripping on eighty-fives, and and you know, obviously his sisters come more into the limelight the last few years with MXW. But I, you know, I think he had some injuries and some different things. But like watching him in Moto One, it's like, oh yeah, that's still Jake Cannon. Like that kid can still rip because that was a really impressive victory. Yeah, it was, what was the gap on it? Like big, seconds? big, like it was, yeah. It was large, right? Considering yeah. like he's a little, he's not the biggest dude. It was the Marty's young, like he really managed that race well. Um, yeah. But yeah, the championship, Jack Mather, 82, Kai Woods. Again, Woods led that second moto for a lot. He was right there. Obviously, the, the crash didn't help. Did he go down in that second one from memory? He's, got, he's young too, right? Yeah, he went Yeah, he's young. He's young too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we could talk about that. That's the thing about MX3. Probably the biggest surprise to me again, Campbell Williams. I really thought this was going to be his year, but he—he's just. Is it? Is it? Is it? Um, a like you? You guys know a little bit more than me. Come down that way, but the, is it? How do I say this nicely? Is it a backward step going on that bike? Um, man, he was in another world on that Honda. I don't like feel like year? in MX3 it's enough to make a difference. Yeah, okay. Do, you don't know? Do, what yeah, do you think? I, I, a, I don't Honda ride, a Honda ride is very different to a Cowie. So, you know, that's my other thing. I don't know enough about his junior career. Or, I'm not saying a Cowie's a bad bike, but does it suit him? I don't uh, I wouldn't call it a backward step. I'd call it a, mm, uh, a sideways step. Yeah, I think well, it's not. If it was a sideways I, step, I, I, he, I, I, he doesn't I, look I, like he was the year before. I don't think it's the. I don't think it's the. the bike. It's, I think not to sort of fall in on the empire, um, but it's not your race program. Let's be honest. Well, that's what I was asking. I'm not. You know, I'm not trying to be an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love what Tyson and the boys at Empire are doing. I think you know, those guys are great guys, but the it's not. I mean, it's the same as your race program is unmatched. To be honest, you know, in in those to be consistent across both classes, MX2 and MX1, um, and then last year when he had the MX3 rider in there, who was another job. At one point, they held all the red plates. Let's not forget yeah. that. Well, I just remember him uh, last year being a badass dude, like ripping. I think he had a lot of injuries I last know. year, which may have had a hangover to to now. Um, Confidence-wise, no, yeah. healthy either. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So give him, give him. Where's he finishing? He's like, like not that last year. Right at the end of the year. Right now, I mean, he yeah. probably can't judge on the weekend, but he was like 
I think. Yeah. You know, he, was, uh, he was backside of the top 10 at least. But, you know, uh, there's the thing. Again, man, like these, these, these tracks we haven't seen, like in my opinion, we haven't seen racetracks. You know what I mean? Like, where, where are we? We haven't seen, you know, all the fast dudes really be able to hang it out. Like, you know, we've seen tiptoe and all the short cars and stuff like, like all these races. So I guess it's a bit much to make judgments yet. Right? I agreed. Yeah, we're not going to yeah. know. Like, I feel that by the time we leave um, Gilman in 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 SA, we're going to have a lot better feel. I know you guys said I'm I'm out yeah. lunch saying that, but we're going to have had hopefully somewhat of a racetrack at Maitland. We're going to have a loamy, hopefully fast, sandy track at Gilman, and then I feel like we're going to be like, okay, these are the guys that are starting to separate themselves in every class. So I look forward to that, and and I look forward to to Maitland in a few weeks, and hopefully. Two, two days is going to be cool of racing because normally we sit around Friday doing nothing, so I'm pretty stoked to do something on Saturday um, and watch some extra racing. But I think we'll wrap this one up here, boys. Um, AMX Superstars one Pro. More, one, more, one, one more thing. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, all good. Um, Fred Taylor. Did I do that first MX race? Yeah, he rode really well. Very cool. Very cool story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously, <laughs> we um, oh, that's that kid, right? I know who he is now. Um, yeah, yeah. Is it? I knew who he was on on the weekend, but I remember who he is now because he's yeah. Okay, yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, no. So he had a he had a really solid result. Um, again, he's another he's a really good kid. Um, yeah, we've got a lot of personality coming through right now. A lot of times to draw it and wait until we get all stops back. Obviously, he missed the weekend with, it, with an injury. So yeah, it was a shame to see he wasn't there. But um, you're right, man. I mean, there's so much talent right now. And uh, let's hope that at Maitland we get a track and, and an event that is going to let to everyone showcase what they can do because I'm excited to, to see some good racing. Um, all right, boys. Hey, it's getting late. Um, we've had great downloads already on the Primex radio show and the. Uh, post-race interviews um so we've actually had really great numbers all year so i want to thank everyone that's listened this far to this show and listened to all of our shows so far this year um we much appreciate it and uh it means a lot to us because we will put some time in behind the scenes with this stuff so um mickey posty and donnell thank you boys uh, and uh we'll see i'll catch up with you guys well hopefully posty i'll see you this week at some point to get some photos done and um Darnell, I'll see you. What are you doing? What, what are you doing? What, what, are, you, what are you doing? Well, uh, I have a dirt bike. Okay. Um, oh, so I need to, okay. I need to, um, to, to do some sort of a press release about what I'm riding and who I'm riding with and what I'm doing. You know. Wow, that's cool, man. Yeah. It's the crew's getting and Jimmy's back on a bike. You're back on a bike. Posty, you bike? You get a new bike or something? Absolutely not a chance in hell. Posty's getting a baby. <laughs> He's doing nothing of the sort. I yeah. have absolutely zero desire to want to ride at all. Yeah. Really? Yeah. No, I just don't want to do it at all. And I don't know why, to be honest with you. I'm just on that, I'm just on that cycle grind, son. Yeah, you, you're, yeah, you're, you're in the wheelsy lycra cappuccino crew. No, no, no. Wheelsy pumps. Wheelsy gets those numbers up, bro. Wheelsy shreds on a pushy, man. He rides. He does. He, he rides. Wait, dude, he is really, really good. Same with Nato. Nato's strong on pushy. You can tell. Hey, Wheelsy's been a great. 
long as he's been a great addition to the media team this year. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's cool some, to see. There was, hard, there was some hard hitting questions going on in that tent on Sunday, Joe. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't miss the media tent. I'll be honest, but um, it's it's cool to see him doing his thing. Um, anyway, I'm gonna wrap this one up, boys, because I got to chop this audio up and get it out for tomorrow. Um, appreciate you guys coming on. Appreciate everyone for listening. Much uh, love and thanks to AMX Superstores for continuing to support our Pro MX uh, coverage here on the Inside Dirt Network, and uh, we'll see everybody in uh, Maitland in a few weeks. Thanks, boys. Thank you.